Hey, how's it going? This is a streaming wasteland with Ringo and the bear. I got rid of Greg. I didn't like him. <laughs> oh, no. What does that mean for me? <laughs> You're the bear. <laughs> oh, well, then, okay, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, and on this week, we uh, we decided we were going to go ahead and watch The Clapper. Uh, to give you guys an idea of what The Clapper is when reading Netflix's description, a newcomer tries to eke out a living in L.A. as a professional audience member for infomercials, but life gets complicated when he's thrust in the spotlight. The starring characters are Ed Helms, Amanda Seyfried, I always butcher her name, and I apologize for that. <laughs> Tracy Morgan and Russell Peters. Then we have side cast of Adam Levine and Alan Thicke. This had a rating of R for language and some sexual references and uh, an IMDb score of 5.2. To give you guys a little bit of an overview, uh, Ed Helms, known as Eddie in the movie, and Tracy Morgan, Chris, are professional audience members who barely make a living in L.A. being professional audience members. Ed is in love with Judy a.k.a. Amanda Say uh, Seyfried. Again, see, I know how to pronounce it, and yet I still butcher it. I don't, I don't know why. It's like my brain just doesn't work with me. Um, Judy, who works at a gas station, they uh, go out on a couple of mini dates, and things go pretty well. One night, a late-night late talk show host, Jesse Stillman, played by Russell Peters, features Eddie on a show calling him The Clapper and sends his audience out looking for him. This unfeigned makes it his life a lot harder and the things get complicated for him and uh judy as time goes on i don't know i this movie was not great i'll, I'll lead with that it is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination but watching it i got big vibes of watching garden state which is an indie movie from the early 2000s with uh zach braff and natalie portman uh, it's kind of a comedy, but it's not really like a like a knee slapping type of comedy. Both Garden State and this movie, um, it's mostly the vibe of kind of like the understatedness and the quirky characters. Uh, I don't know that that saves this movie very much, but I appreciate the attempt. Um, it was it was kind of refreshing to see most of uh, most comedy movies these days are either action comedies or like or action quote-unquote comedies where it's basically an action movie with mcu like banter in it uh or it's uh somebody trying to be super bad which i'm sure we'll watch movies later on that have that vibe to them uh but this was nice this reminded me a little bit of like a bad attempt of like like i said garden state or must love dogs or best in show something along those lines so uh as you can tell there greg's got a little bit more experience with comedies than i do comedy is not really my uh my forte when it comes to movies and so watching this one i was um not happy with it i found it boring and derivative at best uh but i do gotta say when i noticed that they had vince offer in this movie i was excited squeegee guy <laughs> love him mrs ads um Kind of something that like Greg and I have talked about uh, a lot in, in these movies is when the audio goes bad. And uh, there were uh, a couple scenes that really kind of irked the hell out of me when it came to the uh, the audio. One of them being where we finally get to see Eddie and Judy kind of meet up for the first time. And the uh, speaker doesn't work. That one, I know that was meant to be a joke, but I was like, I'm not getting any storyline in this whatsoever, and it's annoying the ever-living shit out of me. Yeah, 
I didn't mind that so much. Um, I, I didn't think the joke was particularly funny, but I saw what they were trying to do. What I enjoyed was the, uh, I think it's that same scene, like they finally get to communicate. And then uh, those fire trucks go by. That made me laugh because that's super realistic. I lived in and still do live on noisy roads. And so it is not uncommon for me to be trying to talk to somebody and like uh, 42 bikers go by or like uh, seven fire trucks in a hurry, like drive by. And I'm like, all right, let's let's wait a second. And then, you know, a minute and a half later, I'm like, what was I saying? Like, should I just go? Um, and uh I've never spent like an extended amount of time in LA, but LA is a noisy place. And so that seems really on the nose to me. Like it seems really, it, it, it added an air of um, authenticity, I, I guess, to this story where, um, you know, that, that I could see that happening, right? Like you're going to finally go talk to the gas station girl. And because of the setup, right, you actually have to basically shout at her and then some fire trucks come by and you're like, oh man, <laughs> like this sucks. Um, but yeah, there was other times, and I don't know that it was the audio itself that was dropping out, but one of my main gripes with this movie is that both Judy and Eddie, uh, I don't know if their dialogue was written this way, but the way they talk made it almost impossible to watch this movie. Everybody, Well, I guess Tracy Morgan doesn't talk particularly normally in this movie either, but every other character spoke in full sentences, with full thoughts, and these three characters would say, like, the same thing 19 times, uh, but, you know, just restarting it. There's a scene where Eddie and Judy are on a date, and Judy's like, I like to, I mean, coming here is, I mean, it's a good... I mean, and then Ed cuts in. He's like, oh, well, I understand because, like, it's quiet, right? And, like, but, I mean, there's no one here. I mean, and this is how they talk throughout the entire movie. Neither one of them ever finishes a sentence. I don't know if this is some sort of commentary or, like, a net, like critique or if this was a character choice they both made. Uh, but it's kind of, in my mind, one of the main things that stops this movie from being, like, a cute, quirky romance into something that, like, you have to call it a comedy, because otherwise these characters are just completely out of place. Yeah, uh, you know, I noticed that, and I think that, like, um, throwing Chris in there, I, for whatever reason, either someone directed him or he made the decision that he was going to start talking to the ground, because typically if he was having a conversation with Eddie, I, he was looking down and kind of, like, taking his sentences and extending them mm -hmm. like i don't know if that makes any sense um it just felt like when he was talking to eddie he was just kind of like mm-hmm and then you're waiting and you're like are you is that is that it and then he would start talking again and you're like oh okay so the sentence was that whole entire span of time where no one was saying anything yeah and i was talking about it with um with somebody yesterday and I kind of mentioned that this was a thing and their response was that it sounds almost and again I don't neither one of us do a ton of background research on these movies what you hear at the top is is what we do minus a few like qualifiers to make sure this isn't some indie film or something out of like a country where I might not necessarily pick up on the humor or Richard might not necessarily pick up on the humor but um you know, we don't do a ton of background research, but their hypothesis was that maybe this, um, maybe this was originally like something that was going to have a budget behind it, but for one reason or another, uh, things got slashed and they realized that they basically have one shot, one take 
for all intents and purposes to get this movie down. And so they just kind of went with what the actors gave them. They went with whatever character choices because it was either that or don't put out this movie. Um, I think I would have preferred don't put out this movie the way it is. Um, because I think uh, if you and I were, were more uh, th- like, I guess, creative in this way, this is a movie that actually has a fun and coherent story that I can get behind. Um, it has three coherent stories, I guess, but that's a different thing. But the overall romance plot, I can actually get behind it and I, I enjoy it. And I think that if you and I wanted to, we could rewrite this movie and make it a lot better uh, given enough time, mostly because what kind of keeps it from really hitting is just the way these characters interact with each other. And, and like I said, the two or three different movies crammed into one movie, but it does very much strike of the idea of like, we have, we don't have time to flesh this out. We don't have time to record everything we want to record. We have to get this done for one reason or another. Um, actually, yeah. Thinking about it, I, I fully agree with you. If you and I were to sit down and rewrite this whole thing and dedicate it to, comedy or rom-com or um i guess slice of life i don't know what the third one would be but you know one of those or hell a combination of them but you like dedicate it to one over all three of them i think it could have been something else um yeah that's that was my issue because i was like this could have been a cute this could have been a cute rom-com yeah and i think it does itself a disservice and i I don't know if the studio has any say in this, but having it listed in the comedy section along with, you know, a truckload of stand-up comedies and, uh, you know, the various big blockbuster-style comedies, I think it does it a disservice. This is not that kind of movie. This is much, much closer to a rom-com in its traditional sense. Um, And I think, in a way, the movie doesn't want to be that. And so they there's a couple bits in the beginning where you can see, like, when Alan Thicke tells him to fuck off, right? Like, that's not something you usually see in a rom-com, right? And so you can tell they're trying to go in a different direction, but it doesn't really end up that way. Yeah. Um, but that does, like... I mentioned it briefly a moment ago, but the other thing that holds this movie back from being like an actual, like, okay movie is that there are three movies. Well, I'll say two with like almost a third movie kind of thrown in there. We have our main plot line of Ed and uh, Ed and Chris, who are professional clappers and Ed trying to date Judy. Um, the, the movie and the trailer kind of lead you into this idea that this is going to be mostly about, Ed and Chris and what happens when they're discovered, as mentioned in the the recap, you know, Russell Peters talk show host uh, discovers them and says, you know, like, oh, it's so funny. Look at this guy. He's in all the infomercials. Like, let's find out who he is. Um, And that causes some complications for his life. His boss doesn't want him to work anymore uh, because you have to be anonymous. You have to be a face in the crowd. You can't just be um, you you can't be a, a celebrity and be in an infomercial crowd. And even though like, some could argue that talk show fame isn't really celebrity. Uh, It's enough for his boss to be like, no, you can't be in these until you're not famous anymore. Uh, It causes problems with Judy, you know, where she doesn't want to, she doesn't like cameras coming around and trying to figure out who she is, but that's movie. Number one, right. Is this idea of him being discovered. Movie. Number two is the story of a guy who's super broke trying to scrape by in LA, which is, something that they they touch on quite a bit and then movie number three is the consequences of fame right because uh 
Ed Helms doesn't do himself any favors and he kind of alienates Judy farther with, of course, the egging on of Russell Peters, uh, talk show host and his various producers. And so I feel like you strip one of these storylines out and you focus on the other two and you've got yourself some sort of hit. But because they, they decided to go with all three and the three don't really mesh well together, it becomes kind of a mess. Like, I couldn't predict what was going to happen in this movie, but it's mostly because I didn't know that I'd be watching the same movie in 30 minutes. Like, I wasn't sure at, at any point I was fully expecting Ed Helms to, like, pull out a bazooka. Yeah. You know, uh, and for a brief moment, honestly, I did think that maybe this movie was heading for like a tragic ending. Like, I thought that maybe Ed Helms was going to go back on Jesse's show one more time and, you know, like, I don't know, pull a Birdman and like shoot himself in the face or, you know, like, like pull out a gun and shoot somebody like this was going to be like a super dark ending. Uh, but then that didn't happen either. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, well, like, I guess I guess I'll keep watching. Like when we got to the end of the movie, towards the end, I was sitting there like, well, I mean, I've made it this far. What's the point of turning it off now? <laughs> so um, funny enough, I actually had my own speculations on how it was going to end. I figured Judy was going to go to Mexico and Ed was going to find out that she was there with the with the goat, because the goat was apparently a big thing between the two of them. I don't I don't know why the goat was such a big thing, but go to Mexico and find her out there on the animal rescue thing. And that was going to be where it was going to end, you know, have them kiss and make up and kind of have that rom-com type ending where everything's just kind of smoothed over and forgotten about. And then we end up with Ed fighting with uh, uh, Jesse Stillerman uh over the fact that he's now famous and out of the job and chris is out of the job and it's like well you you know i didn't want any of this and you guys have ruined my life and yet he keeps going back onto the show and accepting their contract to keep going on the show because they're offering him money and he's still going but you ruined my life yeah and that's a that was one of the more irritating points that um I didn't think it ruined the movie, but it's one of those things that if I had liked this movie, it would have been something I, I want to talk more about. But he makes kind of a point of, like towards the end of the movie about like, I never wanted any of this. I'm just a try guy trying to make a living. But at a certain point, you keep going on television shows, right? You go yeah. on infomercials and eventually like. I actually, I guess I can't say eventually you have to consider that if you're exposing yourself to a camera, right? Eventually you could become somebody who is well known and if that's something you truly don't want there are other ways to barely make a living there's actually plenty of them uh, yeah. our country has no shortage of jobs that will allow you to barely get by judy's working at a gas station why don't you go work at the grocery store near there right and i get it it's not an ideal job maybe it's a lot more fun to sit in an audience and you know answer questions but it doesn't seem like that takes you full time well you, you know. know and it, it's also like then, like you said, he keeps going on the show. It's like, oh, I'll come back for you know some more money, and at least he's getting paid for that. But it seems like a weird, uh, I don't know. Again, this is almost like a story that they're trying to tell about, like, look what fame can do to you, and look what fame does to people in relationships. But that's not the point of this movie. Yeah. Well, and like to add on to that a little bit, there we also had the issue of uh, being shown that while he was working for his original boss, his original boss was cutting his pay. All of them were, yeah. were losing pay, so they were they were making like hundreds of dollars, and now he's being offered five thousand dollars, like per 
showing or yeah. something like that. I don't know. He had a step up where he actually started making money, and he could have lived a slightly better uh, life off of that. Whereas Judy lost her job and then was like, you've ruined my life. I needed that job. Yeah, and it's not like there again, a shortage of jobs mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like minimum wage jobs. Now, granted, we don't know enough about these characters to know the rest of their situations. Maybe these are the only jobs they can get to reliably, right? Yeah. Like we don't, I don't think, oh wait, no, we do see Judy with a car at one point because she's filling up. Uh, her tank towards the end so she has a car of some kind but it's one of those things where i feel like if i had if there was like a different thing like if he had just been some guy who was always i don't know uh he was the window washer and they decided to you know like this was a funny gag on some late night show that like maybe it makes a little bit more sense but it it they were making a hundred bucks to sit through like a four-hour infomercial and and clap and ask questions right and it's it's really not a great paying gig in the first place. And it seems like they, they mention it constantly um, that, that they're broke. And so I don't really know why it was like, I don't know. It, it seems like a weird point for him to make that he was, he's upset because he never wanted to be famous, but it's like, you keep going on TV. So I don't really know what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, there were there was just so many interesting takes on this. One one thing that I found interesting um, was someone that was throwing their face on TV constantly, even though he was putting on a disguise, and his disguises were um, about as a good hat. As... <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say about as good as Superman in the old comics. Well, I can't figure <laughs> out who Superman is because he put glasses on. <laughs> Jeez, Superman could never be a nerd. Right, exactly. Um, something I, you know, and I get it. There are people out there that are that are computer illiterate. But when a person who's somewhere between their forties and fifties goes to rent out a computer, and the first question they ask is, "Does it have the searchy thing on the computer?" Like, ha- your friend has yeah. a computer. Yeah, and I'm also. I'm also wondering, so uh, towards the end of the movie, when he's doing his big scene at the Jesse Stolderman show and Russell Peters is there and his mom's there and he talks about, you know, like, you know, my wife died and, you know, it hurts, but sometimes it hurts a little less when Judy's around, etc. I was trying to figure out if that was the director's telling us, like, that he's processing so much trauma that he's forgotten the basics, because it seems weird that he would not know the word search engine or the very basics of how to use a computer like it, it didn't strike me as i don't know it strike me as unrealistic because like you said there's plenty of people out there who are computer illiterate but it seemed like a weird thing that they shoved in our face and i think that's again like a desperate reach for for some sort of joke that didn't really need to be in this movie okay so then yeah that i was i was wondering about that because it felt weird and actually now that you mentioned that it kind of puts the movie in a different perspective for me. I mean, I still don't like it. Right. <laughs> you, you haven't opened up a revelation, but I, I had watching him. I wasn't really thinking about the aspect that the director might've been trying to say something with that. I was just like, are they just trying to make it seem like Eddie is just computer illiterate, which there's nothing wrong with being computer illiterate, but why is it so far for, for uh, so far shoved in our face? 
Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right, is it's focused on, and it's really the only scene where we see that. It's yeah. not like it's a constant thing. Um, yeah, that's that's one of my, my more, like, nitpicky points. But, yeah, it's just, it's little things like that that get added into the movie that I think are supposed to make us either more understanding or resonate with this character, but they don't. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it takes away from, like you said earlier, what could have been a very, like cute little romantic comedy it turns it into something that is just kind of a mess Mm -hmm. um i think that uh one thing i also didn't care for i don't i don't think this i know this is i know you haven't seen the office uh especially not to this point but at the very end of the office and i suppose spoilers for a tv show that ended uh over a decade ago (laughs) but uh ed helms's character plays andy on that show uh andy bernard at the end of that show andy bernard gets uh internet famous because he tries to burst onto a singing show and then uh during the audition rounds and he uh he gets told that he's not very good and so he sits down and cries and then the the very final episode is like a year later and it shows him like all these things that happened to him since then right like he got hated on he got people remixing him people laughed at him they call it like the late night talk shows made fun of him and so like in that way he's very much playing like the or the story that he has here is very much the story of Andy from the end of the office and i kind of don't like that I was like, I didn't, I didn't really like that story beat on the office that much, but I didn't care because it was the last two episodes that it happened in. But this is like a movie almost about that. And I was just like, this was one of my least favorite parts of the show. Like one of my least favorite little storylines they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, it just, it felt very unnecessary, like, or not unnecessary because the entire movie is random, but very like uncreative. I was just like, we've, we've literally seen this actor do this bit before. Yeah, and it's interesting that that you say that, like, because since you know I haven't seen The Office, but I mean, I would really hope that they aren't that that Hollywood isn't trying to shoehole uh, Ed Helms into just playing the the guy who accidentally gets famous. No, I mean he was famous from well, I mean he was already kind of famous, but he's in those Hangover movies, so yeah. uh, he's. But, um, but I mean, like shoehorning him into that character. I think this was just like they added this to this movie. Mm. Uh, apparently, he's in a movie called Ron's Gone Wrong. Uh, and together, together. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Over the last couple of years, I, I don't keep up with his film. Like, I'll be honest, I don't love Ed Helms. I think he's a yeah. fine actor, but he's just not like he's not somebody I'm going to go out of my way to see in a movie. Understandable. Um. Um. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, like on a on a more positive note, like I mentioned before, it has a pretty coherent story. For for having two or three plot lines jammed on top of each other, the story made sense, and yeah. you could follow it all the way through. And I realize that's low praise. Like stories should make sense, right? But it, it's not like one of those movies where you're like, what, what the fuck, what's going on? It's mm-hmm. it's pretty straightforward. It feels like um like it, it mostly feels like they're telling the same story. I just like I said, I don't know that it's in the same movie every time. Yeah. Um. And then the supporting cast that was around the main characters, like uh, I, I'm counting this as pretty much uh, Tracy Morgan on down the list. They did a pretty good job. They were solid, relatively funny. Um, even Adam Levine, who is not necessarily somebody I expect to be a good actor. He didn't irritate me in this movie. Uh, he didn't. I, I mean, I don't know that that's him like just acting like himself. I have no idea, but he seems fine. 
and yeah. uh yeah like the in the beginning we're introduced to a few more members of the supporting cast other frequent um audience clappers professional clappers and uh you know they seem funny when we see them uh alan thick's few lines are pretty funny it's sadly this is the last movie alan thick ever did uh he died shortly after this movie came out uh but yeah the the, the supporting cast did a good job and I think they tried to save it from becoming just a, like a garbage, like movie. They did yeah. a, a decent job of adding some comedy. The gas station owner was hilarious. That guy made me laugh a bunch. Um, it, he was probably my, my favorite character in the whole movie. Well, no, yeah. actually that's a lie. Cause I did say Vince offer. I like Vince offer, <laughs> but yeah, they, also, uh, they tacked on a wedding at the end of this movie that Ugh. feels out of nowhere for characters I don't care about because they don't do a good job of making me care about Judy or really anybody else in the show besides Ed Helms. Um, but the tacked on wedding, that was – I yawned because I was just like, oh, my God. Right? Like, he, like at the end of the movie, Judy and Ed re- reconcile, and then they – in that exact same scene when they're both like, they're like, I guess you're not that bad. I guess you're not that bad. Well, I love you. Well, I love you. Then he goes, we should get married. And she's like, yeah, okay. And then like the, the final shot is them at their wedding. And again, it feels like um, almost Shakespearean. It's like, Oh, well all comedies have to end with a wedding. So this is, this makes it a comedy. And it's just like, that's, that's no, we don't need that. It was unnecessary. Yeah, and they did not know what to do with that wedding because everyone was gyrating, but there was no commentary going on, no nothing. It was just a slow zoom in on them, and I'm like, some of these characters, I don't even remember being in the movie. Granted, um, to be fair, my sister contacted me when I got 30 minutes in, and uh, to take a break from this movie, I turned Mm -hmm. the movie off and talked to my sister for the next (laughs) two hours. Oh, nice. So so this movie brought people together. Exactly. It brought people together. And then the Saturday afterwards, I had to watch the last 40 minutes. And <laughs> Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> My sister's. I blame her for everything. <laughs> um, yeah, but speaking of supporting characters, uh, I, if I remember, yeah, so they have like the character uh, Mickey Gooch, uh, sorry, Mickey, Mickey Gooch Jr. and uh, Todd Glebenheim who played Yugoslavia and Tambakas, who were barely in the movie, like credit ahead of the other producer for the show and the uh, Leah Romini and et cetera. And I thought that was a very strange choice. I was like, these guys are not characters in this movie. Like if you were to ask me to name like four characters from this movie in a week, I'm going to not remember, but I mm-hmm. definitely wouldn't have picked Yugoslavia as one of the characters. I didn't even realize uh, he had a name. I'm looking at They the yell it once in the very beginning. Like, uh, Leah Romini yells at him, like, hey, Yugoslavia, nobody wears red. And that's, yeah. I just thought that was a nickname. Oof. That's his character name. I don't know that it's his actual, I mean, like, we don't know that that's that actual character's name, but that's how he's credited in the movie is Yugoslavia. That's, uh, Uh, that's depressing. Yeah. Um, my one other little bummer with this is I was in the credits. I saw that Billy Blanks was listed in the movie. I was like, oh, come on. Let's see Billy Blanks in this. And then he he was barely in it. Like he was mostly in post credit scenes. And yeah. I was like, this sucks. I like Billy Blanks. I wanted more of him. I completely concur on that one. I think Billy Blanks would have made this movie a little bit more, uh, a little bit more watchable. Well, I was hoping like 
this is just my hope, but maybe it was going to be like a super farce and we were going to see like Ed Helms or Tracy Morgan get beat up by Billy Blanks. <laughs> uh, that would have made me laugh so hard. Like, cause for, from everything I've heard of him, Billy Blanks is a really nice chill guy. Mm-hmm. And so it would be super funny. Like these guys are so bad at being audience members that he goes out in the audience and beats them <laughs> up. I'd have laughed at that like so much. Um, but yeah. And then we got the, when the, the credits started rolling, I was like, man, where was Billy Blanks in this movie? And then they showed him. I was like, Oh, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm looking through the, the cast right now. There's this uh, lady. Her name is Amelia Scott. She was the pet store owner. There was mm-hmm. a pet store in this movie? Hmm. That is a great question. I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, like, at the end, they were sitting in front of a store, but we never met anyone that was the owner. I mean, maybe that was the pet store owner. I don't remember... Um... I don't remember every scene that went on, so maybe there's a a part where um, what's her name, Judy, is in a pet store. Um, maybe, and we just don't, we just like it's brief. But yeah, I, I don't remember there being a pet store in this movie. Okay, cause it just I'm going through this. I'm like, I feel like I'm having a fever dream suddenly. Yeah. Um, and just as a a quick point of order, I do think it's not a good idea for movies to name themselves after weird products from the '80s. <laughs> Um, the first time I saw the, the trailer, not the trailer, the cover for this movie, I was like, clap on <laughs> just immediately. Um, I have also watched too much TV. Yeah. You and me both. Uh, but yeah, so the clapper, I'm assuming you're going to say that this should go in the crapper. Uh, actually I think everybody should watch the, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I do think that this needs to go in the crapper. I'm going to say, like I said the whole time, it's not a good movie. I don't think that there is very much redeeming value in it, but it's certainly cute. And if you can get past the way the characters talk and you want to see like a like a a movie that probably should have come out in 2008, then this might be a fun watch for you. Um, I'll equate it to if you watch rom-coms the same way that some people have to watch every Christmas movie. Right, no matter how bad it is, they always tune in for the new Hallmark movies. If that's you with rom coms, then you'll actually enjoy this movie. Yeah, I have to say that that would be the best way to go ahead and watch this movie is if you absolutely watch every single rom com that ever came out and somehow this one got past you. All right, this has been Streaming Wastelands, and uh, this was our review of The Clapper. I hope you can find us on Spotify, Apple, TikTok, Facebook. Instagram, all the social medias. We recently made them. We've got a Twitter. Um, I want you guys to all know that we love you. We hope that you're having a good day. You're doing well in whatever it is that you're doing while listening to this. Drink more water. I know you. You're not drinking enough water. Specifically, Greg over there. I know he's not drinking enough water. He's drinking coffee. I know it. Uh, I had tea. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh, so you had a diuretic. Okay, drink water. I had half water. (laughs) Um. But yeah, this has been the Streaming Wastelands, and we're going to go ahead and find more gems out there for you guys. Have a good one. Love you. See ya.